This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. And I am Zach Moore. And Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, Ken. Happy New Year, buddy. We're on for another holiday show. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Christmas last week, New Year's this week. I'm sure we'll hit on, like, Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day and Earth Day. You know, Earth Day's a big holiday, by the way. It's my birthday, just for all the listeners out there. April 22nd, so mark your calendars. We'll, uh, we'll put my address in the show notes, and you guys can send me some um, nice uh, eco-friendly gifts on April 22nd for Earth Day. But anyway, it, it, it is fun. You know, we don't – shocking news, guys. We don't record these live and broadcast to you on the day. We record these a little in advance. So so uh, it's it's fun to anticipate, oh, hey, people are going to be listening to this on a holiday. So it's fun to kind of get those in the can and be able to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year well in advance of the actual days. Yeah, yeah. Although we're not that far in advance, but I will say this: um, you know, it's been it's been a, a crazy year with a lot of a lot of things that have happened, and uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking that there's probably a few people that have downloaded this that are struggling a little bit, maybe a little hungover, maybe frostbitten. Um, the temperatures are brutal, absolutely brutal, all across the country, and so I know a lot of people that are are going out for first night are. Um, Boy, they're, 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 I'm sure they were going to be in for one one heck of a journey. Now, you know, for those that were partying till one or two or three or four in the morning, which is well beyond what I am capable of doing at my age, I give you guys a lot of credit, and I thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll try not to yell and scream. We'll do a soft, delicate podcast for all of you that are recovering today. Turn it down. <laughs> Turn it down. <laughs> well, yeah. So we thought, you know, this is, we're launching 2018. We thought it'd be a nice opportunity to look back at 2017, kind of a year in review of some of our favorite shows. So Ken and I picked, uh, you know, top three. That's always a good, you know, there were three seasons of TOS, so it's always a good, three is a good number for us here. So we picked our top three favorite shows that we've done on Standard Orbit over 2017. You know, we'll have some honorable mentions at the end there as we, and go on some tangents as we always do. But yeah, you know, and a good way to introduce some of our new listeners to our back catalog, right, Ken? Well, I think that's important too. Uh, and as we were saying <laughs> off mic, <laughs> Discovery launches next week, so many of you well, we won't see for another six or listen to you won't hear us for another six or seven weeks. 
and all the Discovery podcasts come back full view, and then we kind of we'll be there. We'll we'll still be broadcasting and and downloading our our shows for everybody. But uh, just like uh, when when Discovery lost launched, excuse me, in September, I got a little quiet around the old standard orbit. I mean, um, <laughs> we were looking around and saying hello. <laughs> Uh, it's all in good fun, but yeah, I, I think this is a good opportunity for us to, uh, to talk about what, what some of our favorite shows were for the year. I mean, I, I love them all personally, but there are some others that I think, um, might've hit us a little differently or had different reactions that we didn't expect, which is great. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're hopeful that all of you out there continue to promote and transmit and forward on our show to as many listeners as possible because, we still want to make it a very strong 2018 and keep Standard Orbit and the original cast and crew, as well as the new cast and crew, alive and focused. And hey, we got Tarantino around the corner, so I'm I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I hope seems- it's original cast. It seems to be, but I don't know yet. Yeah, with J.J. Abrams being the producer, is the latest news on the upcoming right. Star Trek Four, which is all they can call it for now. Uh, I mean, they called Star Trek 09 Star Trek 11 for a long time, too, so who knows? But that implies to me that it's going to be in the Kelvin timeline if J.J. Abrams is still involved in it. I feel like if they were going to make a clean break and do something else, it would be a, a clean slate completely. Uh, but with right. Abrams still on board, I don't know. See, that'd be interesting to see Tarantino. You know, we haven't really talked about this proper. We can, you know, we can, we can throw the tangents. That's what we do. We can throw this in up the Nah, top. we don't do tangents. You know, Tarantino, <laughs> I, I, uh, I like who doesn't at least appreciate Tarantino as a filmmaker. Uh, I love some of his films. I don't like others i'm not you know it's, it's interesting a lot of people are like oh every tarantino is the greatest guy in the world i love every film he makes i'm not one of those people but i i do think i mean he has a he certainly has a distinctive style and and when we get increasingly more and more generic big movies and blockbusters it's nice to see somebody have an actual visual style and a stamp as a director and he definitely has that uh whether he can adjust accordingly to fit inside the star trek franchise will be very interesting to see but yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited for what happens uh, with it. It's uh, <laughs> it, I never thought in a million years we'd be getting a Quentin Tarantino rated R Star Trek movie. Now this is not official or anything, but the rumors are continuing to build. The story has progressed. A lot of times you look back and there's like one of these random stories here and there, and then it fades away. But this one actually has momentum. It has progress. So they no, have I, the, the writer from Revenant now on it. So I, I it's if Paramount approves it, I think I think we might see it. Well, I, I would say it's it's as close to official as you can get. I mean, they've they've got a writers' room. They're they're underway. They're 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 putting it all together. So, and Paramount, man, they need to do something, right? Yeah, <laughs> that Paramount, studios. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have looked at how attuned to the box office numbers you guys are out there. Paramount is not. In, they're they're desperate for a franchise. They really are. Yeah, they they, they, they uh, need uh, some. They need some momentum. Other than Mission Impossible, they really don't have any tent poles. I mean, Star Trek was supposed to be one of them, but here we are. Here we are eight years, nine years after, you know, Star Trek 09 was supposed to have launched. Because uh, mm-hmm. remember, it was supposed to come out in 08. <laughs> and we got three films to show for it, right? And so that is in the current state of Hollywood as it is. Uh, you got to crank out films faster than that with more frequency to stay relevant, stay in the public consciousness. And, uh, you know, the, the we, we've talked many times over the, you know, the, the slow output of the Kelvin timeline, the... Uh, mixed reception into darkness you know as great as beyond was you know that the audience um appetite for it wasn't quite there it did fine but it didn't blow anybody's minds at the box office and uh 
you know, was ultimately a disappointment as far as the bean counters go, and that's why we're in where we are. But if it leads to a very exciting Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie, hey, all's well that ends well. Yeah, that's right. So hopefully they'll they'll bounce back. I mean, Transformers has died. Everything's kind of Paramount's just had a rough run, and uh, you know, you, you cheer for them because they hold the the Star Trek movie franchise. And I want to see a lot more Star Trek movies so that we can keep this show going. So I'm a little yes. selfish. There, a lot more original know? series. <laughs> character movies please <laughs> please 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 yes we need to keep going so um at any rate so let's let's uh let's let's take a walk back i, I don't really have a particular order zach but we'll start with uh your we'll just say what was one of your your top three shows this year and why yeah i just kind of kept them in the order of of release you know that's kind of i kind of scrolled down the list and and looked at the ones that really stuck out to me and and one of the ones that stuck out to me that i did a lot of research on was episode 158 too hot for tv where we talked Ooh, about yeah. the, the bbc edits for the original series because as i said in the episode you know being a lifelong star trek fan being uh, you know reading the books and going online and you know all, all of just being immersed in the community and the trivia and whatnot it's always interesting to me when i find something out that i didn't know that's like a big deal and like i had no mm -hmm. idea that in the UK there's all these edits, these episodes, not not for just uh, time, you know, because there's lots of syndication edits they've made over you know the years for TOS to make it fit into these smaller and smaller time slots that hour long television shows get. But like you know, they have different standards for general consumption of media over there. So violence and sex and all, all these things they were they were cutting out, you know, disturbing imagery for children and. Uh, because they saw it as a children's program, you know, and of course there's some stuff in Star Trek which is pretty intense for children. It's something else we've talked about over, over the year in various uh, various conversations here with various people. So I just I was like that really surprised me. And then there were some episodes that 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 were banned for years and they were bootlegged and all. It's like you imagine that. I mean, there's so few Star Trek original series episodes. There's 80, and to have like you know four of them or whatever it was, um, just could be unseen until like you know 20, 25, 30 years later. It's just crazy to me and 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 we take it for granted now in our streaming society we got people we got people in the uk getting to see you know discovery the next day or every, pretty much everybody around the world you know because they discovery the next day on on netflix and uh back in the day they had to wait years and months and mm -hmm. they were mailing vhs tapes across the atlantic and having you know parties and and houses to kind of oh hey we got the we got the premiere of voyager guys we're not gonna get it here for two years let's get together and watch it so uh it's just it's crazy to see how far media has evolved over just the last you know 30 years 50 years counting uh going back all the way to the beginning of star trek so to me that was just a very fascinating thing i got i got pretty involved in and, and uh did a lot of did a lot of leg work on for that episode and that, that was a lot of fun you to, did to yeah into that it was it was eye opening, and I thought it was uh, it it was it was fun. It, it was it, the things that I think that have happened in in this past year for us, and for the last two years now, if you can believe it, um, almost we're, we're we're getting into our second year. Um, that the the themes and the different nuances that have come up on this show, I think, have have really worked out well for us. Right, the, the it just hasn't been a commentary show to show type of thing. And I always say, you know, just uh, the amount of research that you did do into this to me was, I was like, geez, that's, that's, that's a pretty interesting topic, but I wasn't sure where it was going to go at the time. And man, um, we got a lot of great feedback on it. A lot of good uh, feedback from our friends in the UK about what was going on in that timeline. And yeah, um, you know, it was like, it was like, really, that's how they look at things. And I don't know, it, it was, it was a, it was a great episode, Zach. And, 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 you know, a lot of uh, hats off to you for that, because that was a, um, that was a lot of fun to do. 
See, guys, for every few shows that we just kind of wing it, <laughs> we do occasionally mm-hmm. put in the time and the work required for a podcast. So that's one of them. So. <laughs> I would say most of them. We, we do our due diligence. You know, there's a few where it's like, yeah, okay, let's, let's just kind of see where it goes. Uh, but but that one was a lot. Can you guys tell the difference? That's the real question. So I'd be curious to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ken and I often were like, you know, we spend a lot of time on, you know, I'm just, I'm just goofing around with that. But there, there are a lot of times where we spend a lot of time, like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna angle this, we're gonna take this approach, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do this, and then the episode's kind of like, yeah, okay, the reception's lukewarm, and then other times we're like, hey, what are we gonna talk about this week? We got a day. It's like, ah, let's do this, and yeah. it's like one of the most popular episodes. So who knows? So anyway, it's just fun to look at that from from our from the podcaster's perspective. Uh, that that's that's a fun uh, angle to look at things too as well. But yeah, so Kim, what is your what is what uh, your first of three of your favorite picks from 2017? For My first is well, I'm going with loss and recovery. That was one I did with Nick. I uh, I think you were doing a show or something. This was long before the hurricane hit, and this was a very surprise episode because. You know, as as we always say, we try to keep it light, try to keep it fun. And this was a, a very personal, it, it just, um, it, the responses of it were, we were talking about how Star Trek helped people cope through hard times. And you see that re- example across other podcasts, across other people's life journeys, you know, how, how it helped them through different things. And I think this show just really resonated with a lot of people. It's It's in the top five of all time in terms of numbers. And I think it might be three now. It's it was just one of those shows that really took off, and I thought that it was interesting too because some fun facts. You know, Nick was visiting his son in Long Island, and in order to get a decent sound recording, he had to do the whole thing um, from the bathroom of his hotel room you know, to kind of keep the acoustics uh, somewhat clear. And you know, obviously that couldn't have been too comfortable. And and you know, it just it just worked. We just hit on all cylinders. It was it was emotional. I remember even during the show, I was like, man, I was just thinking of things. So it was one of our heavier episodes, but it had a great impact. And uh, and, and for me, I just, uh, you know, I look back at that because it was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I, I'll reach out to Nick, see if he'd do a show with us. He, he did one other one before that. And um, he, he rogered up immediately. Um, we put this thing together somewhat quickly, kind of like we were talking about. And then who knew, you know, it was just going to, to have the response that it did. So that is that was one of my favorite for the year, and that is number one sixty seven. That is one sixty seven. For use keeping score at home. So yes, and for those of you that are impressed that Zach knew that number, man, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so my number two pick would be the Gospel According to Star Trek, number one seventy eight. That's where we interviewed author Kevin C. Neese with his book of the same name. Uh, oh yeah, focusing on the original series. That was a, a great book. Uh, which had a lot of new perspectives on the uh, relationship between Star Trek and religion, because there's a lot of, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of people that, that think they're mutually exclusive, right? It's like, well, you can like Star Trek, or you can like religion, and the, the two shall not meet, you know. Uh, not the case. You know, there's a lot of, you know, spirituality as far as uh, throughout this franchise, and the original series especially, because that's he's coming out with a series of books. His first book was featured on the original series, which is perfect for us. Um and you know, getting to get whenever you get to interview an author, you know that that's awesome too. It, it, when, you get, when you get to interview anyone, it, it's fun. Yeah. You get to have a third voice it on here. Fun. But especially, you know, uh, he he's very passionate about the subject, and you know, speaks on it on a regular basis. Kevin and uh, was was a great guy, very gracious, and had a lot of fun nerding out and then getting serious too. You know, I think that was that was that one was a good mix of, of having some laughs and then actually getting some real deep discussion. Uh, as you said, Ken, we do like try to keep it light, but but when we uh, when we get serious, you know, we can do that too. We can do it all. 
really good. So just <laughs> multifaceted. <laughs> yes, yes. But but that was that was a lot of fun. He had a lot of cool perspectives that I had not seen thought of before being a lifelong Star Trek fan, and, and that's what I really enjoyed delving into with him. What I, you know, I think one of the things that we learned from Kevin is is that you can take all these different perspectives things and you know, kind of highlight what, what the positive is and how it can reflect back to one's spirituality or beliefs. And, and you know, it's funny because Star Trek runs the gamut, but the one thing that you, you, you come in common with is that it's it's a very positive, very, um, you know, pro-people, pro, you know, <laughs> optimistic type of thing. Uh, but in talking with Kevin, it just opened my eyes to a lot of things. I did, I did read his book uh, shortly after we did that interview as we were trying to pull it together. Uh, so quickly, and and I really enjoyed. We we heard him on Metatrax, I think originally. I think that's that's where it came from. Yes, and then, yes. And then you, yeah, and he he really did do a nice job on that show. And you know they they use a lot more you know polysyllabic syllables in their speech <laughs> when they were talking to him. So for a lot of people, he could probably understand the questions. I'm just kidding there, Zach and Mike. I do love those guys. They've been off the air for a while. They're coming back soon. But, man, they're, they're hurting me because I, I get a lot of my, my good vocabulary for the week from Metatrex when, uh, when they're broadcasting. Not only that, but they do make you think. But that was, that was a really fun episode. He was really very gracious, and he stayed in touch with us. Uh, I know he's pinged on us a couple times, and, you know, he's still out there. So, And I think he's writing another series—he's writing a similar book— now looking it through the lens of the next generation. Yeah, he's going to go through all the series, so that'll be fun. So uh, we'll get you guys on Earl Grey in touch with him. I'm sure he'd love to come on and talk to you guys about some uh, some of that stuff over there. And then, you know, uh, and then just to put a fin in it, the, the, the biggest revelation to me of like the whole book and the conversation was like, yeah, Star Trek is humanistic, but so is religion. There's nothing wrong with being humanistic. You know, I mean, there's that, 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 just that d- d- taking apart the the um just created divide between the two was was just huge to me and i i just really enjoyed that that aspect and uh and yeah so i'll 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 credit to kevin for for writing a great book coming on having a fun podcast and we look forward to uh to reading and hearing more from him in the future Mm -hmm. i hope so so my next one was 161 it was origins uss enterprise and that's the one where we talked about all the real ships named enterprise in their history and uh that was another one that that um, actually did some thorough research on <laughs> a lot a lot I knew from the past and then a lot of things going back further I didn't and so there was a lot of good fun facts but that was another one where um, the feedback on that um, was beyond oh, my yeah. expectations oh, yeah. I, I it, it got a lot of great feedback it, and what was which happens a lot of times is the um, the feedback in the um, in, in, in the Facebook uh, posts that go on and on and that one that one had a long life but yet the numbers were just so 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 <laughs> i always kind of laughed at that it's like you know some of the most it's just like some of the most critically acclaimed movies right don't do that well in the box office mm-hmm. uh this was a show that that got a you know it got some some ims on that and some other things and some nice emails on it and all that stuff but yet it it didn't kill it did okay but it didn't kill but uh i, I was i was surprised that people were um as as fascinated by it as they were and um and i think just because the enterprise to me was always a main character that people knew a lot of this stuff i I didn't expect them to know a lot of the naval history stuff but at least a little bit more about things and i think it was just uh, a fun episode to walk through yeah i mean that was fun for me because i basically got to prompt you with two or three questions and then just listen to you tell me about the history of the (laughs) navy (laughs) but no that, that, that was great whenever we can uh kind of mix in real world history with star trek that's kind of the point with 
that that little sub series Star Trek Origins to kind of look at the history of things, fictional or non fictional, and how it influences things moving forward. Uh, getting kind of peeled back the curtain and getting the stories on those those ships on the wall and Archer's office or in the in the observation lounge, you know, or in the rec deck on the motion picture. So it's it's fun to to see the legacy in the real world because you know a guy like me can like I can tell you all about the legacy of the. <laughs> The fictional Enterprise ship, <laughs> but uh, but Ken's got a little more practical knowledge when it comes to the real world and the Enterprise uh, ship. So that that's always to fun to learn and contextualize because you know the Enterprise was a you know big time player in World War II, and a lot of people might not realize that, uh, especially as we get further and further removed, you know from uh, from the World War II and uh, the legacy of that ship. So it's good to remind people where where all this started in, in the real world. Well, I think Star Trek has followed the Enterprise legacy, right? The mm-hmm. Enterprise was the most, um, uh, uh, it, it won the most awards, the most medals, the most recognition of any ship. It was the most decorated warship in U.S. history, the one, the USS Enterprise of World War II. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's followed up by being, you know, the largest, most powerful nuclear warship. And you see that how it's progressed in Star Trek that way. You know, it's very similar. It's always the ship of the line. Or in in most cases, you know, in the Star Trek movies, <laughs> not so much. In the first one, definitely. But you know, the Enterprise is always looked at as the um, as the flagship. And while it doesn't have, you know, a flagship designation just means there's an admiral on it. By the way, um, the but there's not the an fact- admiral on the Enterprise, Ken. So are you telling me Star Trek got that wrong? Yeah. No. Another one. God. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that's. I mean, if you, if it's if it's the flagship of the fleet or the ship of the fleet, the latest, most advanced ship or whatever, that that's a little bit different. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe the term flagship is is a little bit different. But you know, it, it, to put it in perspective, if and, and it was in TNG, it was always the first, right? If there was, you know, it was the first to take on the Borg. It was the the head of the fleet. If Picard was there. That ship was the one that took over. So mm-hmm. anyway, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at so that. So what's your yeah? What's your next one, buddy? So my next one, my my third would be number one eighty six, defined by a sword in his hand. And this is when mm. we talked to Tom Elliott from the Twilight Zone podcast. And this is especially special to me because his podcast uh, it's it's been a long running show. He's had some gaps on and off, and uh, he started in, in two thousand nine, I believe. And and this is one of the first podcasts I ever really listened to when I got into podcasting just as a listener. Because I got an iPhone, I was like, "Oh, I can listen to podcasts now." I know I could have before, but it just wasn't as convenient. <laughs> you know? And uh, I love the Twilight Zone; it's one of my favorite, probably top five favorite shows. By the way, when you guys are done listening to this podcast, go watch the Twilight Zone marathon on the Sci Fi Channel. <laughs> that has been a tradition mm-hmm. for me, on and off for years. You know, uh, with my family, with my friends, it's, it's a it's a fun thing to do just to have just to have that on. Um, uh, because that Twilight Zone is always uh, shown in marathon form on July fourth. And on the Sci-Fi Channel here in the U.S., so it's it's kind of a it's an American tradition here over here for those who have the Sci-Fi Channel. But anyway, uh, it was it was an honor for to talk to Tom uh, podcasting, and, and he's become friends of the network now. He's been on uh, uh, the Edge, and and I'm going to be on the Twilight Zone podcast in the future coming up with the new Twilight Zone launching on CBS All Access. So listen, guys, if Star Trek Discovery didn't get you to buy Star Trek <laughs> CBS All Access, maybe the new Twilight Zone <laughs> show will. But anyway, all that to say, it was fun to to talk about the TOS connections between. The Twilight Zone and uh, well, Star Trek because you know we we focused on the, uh, the episodes that had main cast members in them. Shatner had two, Nemo had one, Duin had one, and Takei had one, uh, all for various uh, forms. Usually the the Shatner two he was like the star, and uh, the Takei one he was he was the star, and that's where the title of that episode came from. Because in that episode it's all about him and this sword. And so he's always running around with a sword in the naked time, and you know Star Trek 09 and the Twilight Zone. So. 
anyway, that that was just fun to uh, just another window to approach the uh, the Star Trek. Um, my star trek fandom and, and combine it with my twilight zone fandom because you can see why you know when they need to recast a captain right for tos they're like okay who we got let's look at this guy's real and you see shatner you see his twilight zone episodes you totally see where he has that that leading man presence presence in, in you know these episodes and he done other things like judgment at nuremberg and he also did an outer limits episode but but these were the core things that that inspired them to like you know check out shatner and cast him in the lead and 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 that's huge you know and, and just to see and it always it's fun to see these guys before they were famous so to speak you know you see like yeah before we knew who they yeah, were we knew, i mean <laughs> before we knew who they were it's like you see the younger were. doing a younger decay like oh man you're younger nimoy you know so uh it's like them and their academy days right you can just put that visual image of them in, in your head there so a lot of fun talking to Zone, a lot of fun talking to tom i had a lot of fun on the episode that was a a great coming full circle of me like getting to talk to the guy who like did a podcast who kind of inspired me to get into podcasting myself. So, so that, that, that's a really special episode to me. And, um, for, for this year, number one eighty six. Yeah, that was fun. And, you know, I, I enjoyed watching those episodes. I, I've watched the twilight zone, you know, at different times and different points. I don't think I've ever just sat down and watched them all like uh, during a marathon or whatnot, but going back and looking at those episodes before we did the, um, the the podcast with him was just you know you're just smiling it's it's just, there's just something really exciting about seeing people you really like and admire um doing something different mm-hmm. you know exactly. uh, the roles were different definitely you know different scale they they you know uh, only only Shatner and really Takei had any you know two hands was pretty pretty small but at any rate it was still a lot of fun so I would strongly recommend that uh, not only do you listen to 186 but go and watch those episodes you'll get a real kick out of it. And uh, I know I certainly did. All right, Sam, what about you? What's your, what's your final top three my, for 2017? Final, yeah, the final one just coincidentally was 185, so the one just before <laughs> that where we were talking about the Wrath of Khan's re-release because it was a, uh, a walk down memory lane for me. You know, I really, really enjoyed um, talking about, first of all, going to see it in the theaters again was just awesome, right? I mean, I, <laughs> it had been since 1982 since I'd seen it in the theaters and, you know, I've seen it a million 17 times since, <laughs> uh, and, di- you know, whether it was on uh, VHS or DVD or HBO or whatever. And then, you know, ABC, but it was, um, it was just fun it, to me. It was like a, a, a nice step back in time talking about it, talking about the differences and, and, and how it was re-released with the director's cut. And it was just, a, you know, it was, it was it was just a great episode. It just makes me smile when I think about it right now. You know, I just, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I love the, um, the the, the kind of like the, the big drum roll to see it again in the theater. And what a difference, Zach. You know, it is funny that uh, even though you've seen them so many times, when you go back and you, you see it in a movie theater, it's, man, it just has a whole different context on the big screen. No matter how big your TV set is at home, <laughs> it just doesn't just doesn't do it justice, you know. And uh, for Christmas this year, my son Zach got me the uh, the soundtrack with um, all of the cuts, not not the one that was originally released, but a follow up one with every single track from the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So it's literally you know almost two hours full from start to finish. And uh, he got me uh, the vinyl for that, so I was listening to that up in New Hampshire this week. So even that is probably why I'm I'm into the wrath right now. Into the wrath right now. <laughs> into the wrath right now, baby. All the cool kids are into the wrath right now. Uh, yep. Well, yeah. So that so that's our, our top three there for each of us. Uh, and you know we can kind of kind of scroll through real quick and say are there any other ones that kind of stick out that, that honorable mentions 
for 2017 for Aiken? Anything that sticks out beyond those? Or were those like your main? Yeah, those were my main, but I, I mean, they were all, I, I liked a lot of them, but I, I liked other space seeds a lot when we kind of talked about how could have, you know, if, if we were in Harv Bennett's shoes after mm-hmm. the motion picture trying to find an episode that, you know, what else could we have made a movie out of, right? And I thought we had, we had some, some pretty good... Uh, discussions there mm-hmm. um and i liked uh, the last god standing was kind of fun 181 where mm-hmm. we <laughs> we just battled the gods and we had this perception that there were so many of these um superior life forms out there and there weren't you know right. <laughs> it's like maybe you know it's, it's kind of a, a a tos thing where you talk about oh okay they keep they keep meeting all these advanced uh, life forms and so forth and uh not as much as we thought <laughs> but it was still fun um uh, just just kind of walking through who, which god could beat whom uh in the original series so yeah for me those uh, are a couple I, i'd say uh you know 162 untitled sci-fi movie that's where i talked to john lee brody he uh mm-hmm. was an actor in star trek into darkness and it was cool just to get his story you know coming moving from chicago out to la breaking into the business you know uh palling around on set with guys like benedict cumberbatch and just you know being a just being so surprised, you know, that, oh, uh, I'm in a Star Trek movie, you know, because he was cast as, a, you know, as a as a background character. So they don't, you know, they keep they keep it really close to the vest. So, like, he opens up his costume and for the fittings, like, oh, oh is this Star Trek? You know, so uh, so that was cool there uh, to hear, you know, just tales from the set you know, that you wouldn't hear in other in other contexts. So he, he was a very gracious guy, very fun to talk to. And also uh, 164, the Connor Rath, talking to Larry Nimichek, Dr. Trek himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good talking one. Talking about the... Uh, ultimate fantasy 1982 convention that was that was here in houston a little before my time here in houston but uh fun to hear about nonetheless and uh looking forward to uh you know when that when that officially gets uh, like officially released we'll have him back on here we'll talk about it again and do a little retrospective review on on the documentary but he's been working on that for a long time and put a lot of a lot, a lot of labor of love for that documentary for him so i'm looking can't forward wait to for that to come out yeah i'm sure he can't either yeah i'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he can't either um, and then just, a, a just as a, as an overall uh the the commentaries that the brandon and i have started to do uh, on uh on oh, some you of too, the worst yeah. episodes uh <laughs> and the children shall lead and then uh cat's paw uh we've done uh two so far brandon and i and you know ken and i you know we, we tried to commentary for uh um i think it was what was man it? trap yeah the man trap but like, i'm trying to remember, i don't Heck, if I can remember the title, I think it was like Tonight on NBC was the title. I don't That's know, right. I don't that know was the, the title. I don't know the number. But, uh, you know, it's uh, commentaries are, are difficult to do. And, and, and so the, the winning. 137. F- there you go. There he is. Uh, the winning formula for us has, has, has been like, let's find something ridiculous. It's fun to just kind of MST3K it <laughs> and just make fun of it and, and, and a, in a good natured way, because all Star Trek is fun and good Star Trek and it's entertainment. And we're clearly we're clearly being entertained by it. And we're laughing, having a good time watching it. So it serves its purpose. So, um, you know, we poke a lot of fun at the goofier episodes and, uh, and Brandon and I are going to kind of keep a keep our eye on that and keep going. I think I think Wolf in the Fold is going to be an X on our on our list oh because uh, Cat's Bob was Robert Block. <laughs> Wolf in the Folds yeah. is Robert Block. We're going to do the Robert Block trilogy. And What Are Little Girls Made Of? That's a really good episode that Brad and I both like a lot that no one ever talks about. So we're going to we're gonna try to do like a, a real commentary on that one. We'll see how it turns out. But anyway, that's just been a little fun little sub-series that, that we've stumbled across uh, over the year here. So th- so those are the ones that stick out to, to me. And, and it's fun. You know, th- uh, you know the, and I think to myself, what episodes would I listen back to? You know, because, you know, we sit, we record these, we talk about them. You know, we edit them together, so kind of when they're done, we're done. And I like, and then at that point, I like hearing what you guys say. But then, you know, which ones do I kind of flag and be like, you know what? I'm caught up on my podcasting. I got a long drive ahead of me. 
what I want to like relive, you know, the conversations we've had, all the ones that you and I have mentioned here today are definitely those that I would that would mm-hmm. download again and listen to, to to kind of relive the relive the fun and the all that goes with those conversations. Yeah, hey, it was, it was, it was, first of all, you and, and Brendan have a great chemistry, and uh, it, it works out great. I, I did a commentary on the uh, the remake of The Trouble with Tribbles on DS9 um, with him that we did for the Patron Zone one time, and we just had a lot of fun, and he, you know, he's, he's a good sport. And, you know, that is definitely something, you know, if, if something works, don't mess with it. <laughs> and I think you guys have got a special formula. One that, that uh, you know, like I said, is unique between the two of you. So that, that, that works out really well. So I, um, I hear you. And, and, you know, for me, too, it's, um, it, it is fun to go back and, and re-listen when you have time. Yeah. It's tough for me to catch the ones we launch. You know, after we edit them and I've listened to it, it's different, you know, whether you're editing or I'm editing. Because you, you go through it and then you, you've got it. But um, it's always fun sometimes when... You know, one or the other can't make it, and we kind of listen and say, "Hi, how did they do? You know, how did it come off?" And um, you know, one thing I will say, Zach, is one working with you this year has has been a blast. I know it's been a rough year on you, but it looks like things are finally uh, turning the page, and you're gaining some momentum. We've had some good shows, some great guests, um, some great people that came in and stepped in for for me when I was um, running around with my crazy schedule. And I think both of us are going to have a very busy year. And it's going to be uh, very trying to get an episode out every single week, but somehow we pull it off. Whether whether it's both of us or not, somehow we pull it <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, see, we're going to be a little more of an ensemble show than TOS was, I think, Ken. As as we've learned in 2017, you know, it's, it's fun to have. And thank you, all you guys. You know who you are, and we can. Ken probably has a list or something with everybody, but uh, all the guys who have stepped up and uh, and and co-hosted with with either one of us. You know, uh, Tony Black, who uh, yeah. who was uh, did did some episodes with me, and he's came out recently. We talked about Star Trek Five. Nick Anastasio, right? He's like the honorary third host of Standard Orbit. He's becoming. Uh, he did. He did quite a few. He really mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Got uh, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, Brandon's obviously we just talked about that. He he stepped up on some with us. Uh, Haley came on with us just a couple weeks ago. Um, just just every, you know just this lots of lots of people. It's it's a, it's a good. <laughs> It's a good group. Kate, Kate Elizabeth Shaw came in to help out where you were yes, out. Yes. So did uh, Amy Nelson was on a few shows with us, uh, with me anyway, when, when you were out. So, yeah, there's there's uh, there's there's been a number of, of good – Aaron Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't forget Aaron. Aaron did uh, – you know, I've always wanted to do my own motion picture, just focus one, and we got to do that together. So his his was fun. So, yeah, it, it's been nice. And then on our 200th, right, we had, uh, we had Norm and we had Mike and – um you know it was like the and jeff came in a little bit so we, we had the whole gang back together that was probably the um the the, the biggest episode for us this year uh-huh. uh, to put together and pull together certainly the so, longest one certainly the longest <laughs> one yeah it was <laughs> but it was fun man it was fun so for 2018 you know uh, our goal is to to keep to keep coming up with new and original and different ways of looking at this this old show and great movies and, and new cast and sharing those ideas so TNG, uh, Earl Grey can take them and run with them because, <laughs> you know, they are so compatible and symbiotic. It is fun listening to um, some of the uh, the shows that they've been doing that we said, hey, this would work great on Earl Grey. And they go, yeah, let's try it. And it works, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's nice. And uh, I'm sure we we've stolen from them. Although I can't think of any, but we must have because that's how we, we work. just talk about TNG all the time. That's that's what we pull from their, their show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we <laughs> we kind of spill over in there all the time. But yeah, but oh yeah, but yeah, we have lots more. Uh, we actually have some crossovers planned for next year. Uh, with, with we Earl do Grey coming up, exciting. Yeah. I'm not sure when those will happen. They'll, they'll be in the first quarter. 
of the year. We'll tell you that. We don't we don't know when they're gonna you know because we got five people we got to coordinate with. You know we got Amy, we got Richard, we got Justin. All, all three of those guys have stepped in and co-hosted Stan Robit uh, over this past year with us on, on various times. So thank you again very much oh, to yeah. them. So uh, so yeah, it's always fun to to do our, our our cross. I think all of our crossovers are better than the actual official crossover generations can at least you and i can agree on that but uh, oh absolutely i can agree <laughs> so i'm looking that. forward to having more podcasting with them early next year as well all righty guys well hope you have a fun and safe happy new year looking forward to being with you uh the rest of this year and beyond and uh and beyond you know what this is this is exciting times actually because you know this is the first time i've been the host of center but while there's a film in production so we could man if, if there's if more stories come out about the, the Tarantino and Star Trek Four, that's like episodes and episodes and episodes. So so bring it on, baby. <laughs> hey, I, I don't know if you're listening to Stage Nine, but it is phenomenal. Uh, Mike and John have got so much information on Tarantino. I'm riveted. I, I <laughs> literally when their show drops, my my thing was every Saturday morning because it drops on Fridays. You know, being at the gym, that's what I'd listen to. Now it was like, as soon as it drops, it's like, I want more Tarantino information. And the and, and these guys are, are pulling it in and, and giving us great feedback. So stage stage nine, everybody. It's it's one of the uh, the the little gems on Trek FM that uh, I think a lot of people, if you're interested to, into understanding how things are made and done and what's going on and who's doing what and who the writers are and what they've done, they've got all that information. So Absolutely. And, I mean, and, they, all- and they keep it light, too. You know, it's a fun it's a fun listen as well. It, it really is. So all the shows on Trek FM are worth listening to. I'm just if you really want to know about Tarantino, <laughs> that's your target right there. So last thought, Ken, what is your favorite Tarantino movie? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Okay, I'd say is still the. I just watched it again after listening to to uh, Stage Nine. But I, you know, I, I like Kill Bill a lot, and um, Hateful Eight was just so so to me. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah know, I didn't really it, care for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it just didn't quite work, but it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Django Unchained was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I I do like Tarantino quite a bit. Uh, you know, but you know, there, there's always times uh, sometimes where I just I just kind of got to look away. But I I can handle that for a scene or two and <laughs> well said and then move on. You know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I probably go with Inglorious Bastards. It's my favorite. And That's then, a great uh, one. Yeah. And then Django is probably my number two. Uh, uh-huh. And then you know it's after that it's he's got a lot of great ones, a lot of great ones here and there. I mean you know hiking around Pulp Fiction you know that's kind of what put him on the map more than anything else. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean I so, so bookend the conversation here with the Tarantino talk. So I just thought I would do that and uh, and yeah he's he's got some fun ideas. He he said his favorite episode of Star Trek or one that he looks to uh, to could tell a great story is yesterday's Enterprise and that's my favorite that's episode right. of TNG. So I'm like oh what are they gonna do there? Is that gonna be the George Kirk deal? Right? He's gonna be come through the time portal. They have to send it back and they reset the timeline through that. I don't know thoughts so i know they talked about bringing hemsworth back for four that was a while ago so that might be off the table but that would track with that story idea so how, how could they how could they pull the kelvin timeline into the prime timeline so there is just one timeline no, they, they, which there is only one timeline <laughs> but that would be really cool well well we have all year to talk about it i hope so looking forward to that i hope so all right kim well it's been fun talking about 2017 here on standard orbit but that's not the only thing it's going on this week on the network. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Earl Grey. I actually hadn't watched the show, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, but I sat down and I started watching uh, and recording episodes. And I immediately had an idea for a script uh, because I found Data to be the most interesting character. To the journey! Where so you could have, like, you know, carbonated gug. <laughs> Carbonated gog. 
I'm trying to understand how this works. So the gawker, presumably a little squishy or juicy on the inside. So you're saying that in order to give them the appearance of life, they replicate it with carbonation inside the gawker. Yes, to make them like pop wow. and fizz. Kind of like an Alka-Seltzer, you know? Like pop, pop, pop fizz, fizz. Candy gawk. Warp 5. And I go into the job interview, and I'm just parroting back to him things he said in his interviews, but he didn't know that I was just doing that. I would say, the thing about Star Trek is that you could write a, it's a mystery one week, and it's a Western the next week, and I'm literally, literally word for word things he said in interviews. So that's how I always feel, and I joke with him now that that's how I got the job, but... The 602 Club. When we're talking about the idea of context in history, I think this is the biggest issue that I see in this film. Um, and, and with the, the Force Awakens too, and you put them together because they're going to make a trilogy, is look, writing 101, if you don't know the past and the future of your characters, you absolutely 100% cannot write their present. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trekfn slash contact. And look in the sidebar on the show page, or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm, and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm, and of course in the Babel Conference. Type Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at trekfm and click discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron on the network on Patreon. If you visit Patreon slash Trek FM, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trek FM, you'll find the current goals and different milestone contributions along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on Patreon.com slash Trek FM. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our great associate producers for Standard Orbit. We have Renee Roberts, Norman Lau, Aaron Harvey, Tim Robertson, Nick Anastasio, Richard Marquez, and Corey Elrod. Yes, thank you guys so much for your support for both Standard Orbit and Trek FM. Uh, so Ken, if people want to find you out there on the internet, where can they find you? Hey, you can find me hanging around the Babel conference and engaging people when I when I have the opportunity. You can also find me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle is at Boston SCPO. And we uh, we like to tweet out all our new episode information as soon as we get it, as well, as well as our colleagues. So look for me there. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that Young Superman series from the early 2000s. And you can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit. Standard Orbit.